Welcome back to New to Medical Device Sales. I am your host, Jacob McLaughlin, and today I am bringing you guys a very special guest that I'm super excited about because it's somebody who has a lot of experience in this industry and is also in one of the new up and coming divisions and like areas of medical device sales. So I'm really excited to have Pierre Pacini on today. Pierre is an oncology specialist for a biotech company. Um, he has been in the industry for over five years, working with several different divisions, different companies. And so he's an expert in this field and we're just really excited to have him. So Pierre, welcome to the show. Yeah, dude, thank you. It's been awesome. Uh, you know, I've been following your channel and uh, felt like this was something that we definitely needed to get together on, have a conversation. There's not enough information out there. People think that this is something that you got to hide or hold close to your chest near and dear. And I think that that's really dumb. And um, it's just one of those things where I feel like we definitely got a lot to say. A hundred percent, man. And for, for everyone who's not uh, or wasn't off, we were offline. We talked, you know, like Pierre has his own channel and we'll plug that as well here in a little later. But um, he has his own channel. He's helping people break in as well. And we just laugh because, you know, we hear it all the time that people are like, it's kind of like a secret, you know, and that's also known in the industry, kind of like a secret to break in or some of the tips. We've had people message us, why are you giving these tips out for free? And it's always interesting because we come, we both come from like an abundant mindset. We both have had this conversation where, you know, everybody can win and we're just here to help people. So that's what this discussion is going to be is really just helping as many people as we can break in. Yeah, for sure. Awesome, man. So, hey, can you kind of go into a little background about yourself? You know, I know you've been in for five years, but kind of what were you doing before? Um, why medical device sales and kind of your story into breaking in? So it probably doesn't look it at all, especially right now after, you know, having two kids and stuff. But um, it's, it's funny, I guess everybody like, like yourself, everybody starts as a personal trainer. My background was uh, exercise sports science. And it was just like the easiest job to go get out of, out of college. Yep. And I just knew that um, the, I guess, like the roller coaster of what people's emotions are when they want to lose weight and stuff. Uh, I got uh, I, I kind of grew tired of it because everybody's all about it. You're probably super busy right now at the beginning of the year and then it's cyclical. They kind of give up for a little bit, come back during the summer. So I was like, I want to go make more money and uh, reached out to a couple of friends, which is why I agree with a lot of the things that you say, which it's all about networking. Uh, I got my first job at CentOS literally didn't even apply online. I reached out to a few different friends and one of my best friends, ex-girlfriends now was working at the company. And I sent her a message said, Hey, what, what do you guys do? And by chance, are you guys hiring? And it was three hours away. She lived in Houston. I lived in Austin and I drove out there for multiple interviews and got hired on. So if it wasn't for her, literally just putting my resume at the top of a stack, I don't know if I would have even gotten that role to essentially kick off my sales career. And then I feel like my, my time there, I did really well and moving into striker. The whole reason that I even went to go get a sales background was basically networking. You get told, Hey, the best way to get in is to have, you know, some type of foundation. Yep. So I always wanted to get into medical sales and, uh, the, the the dumb answer behind the why is probably what everybody wants to get into it for is because it sounds sexy and you think that you're going to be making a shit ton of money and it's awesome and that's all anybody like anybody really thinks about it. you get to wear scrubs you look cool and everybody thinks that you're you know in the medical field so it's yep. like why why wouldn't you want to be in? 
Uh, you know, it's the, it's the truth. I always joke around with people. I'll see some of my like buddies and they'll be like, you trying to dress up like you're a surgeon or something today, you know? So, but a hundred percent, the thing I do want to just like touch on real quick is, you know, like you again, networking, going out to everybody who's listening, right? We, we, it's a, it's a broken record, but it's not what you know, it's who, you know, that's how you get your, those relationships is how it gets your foot in the door. And even outside of medical device sales, right? Like just even getting into CentOS, which again is a normal conversation when you're talking to anybody, go get a B2B sales job. CentOS comes up, waste management, you know, paychecks, enterprise, those kind of companies. Yeah. And it's, it, it, it's weird because a lot of people think that, um, you know, like if you go and work in one of those roles, you're just automatically going to be able to, to transition into something like medical device and you, and you can, but the problem is that you're, you're in a finite time. So if you get into one of those roles and a recruiter reaches out to you within like the first three to six months of you working that role, Hey, you might actually be in that opportunity to get in and get an associate role because now you have that B2B on your background. But for me, I looked at it as I wanted to at least get a decent amount of experience. I almost spent three years there and I used that experience to come in and not be an associate rep. So whenever I was talking with recruiters and having different conversations with uh, hiring managers, when they would have associate roles available, I would say no. Like I, I don't, I think I turned down three roles before, um, going over to striker and it was strictly because of that and I, i've mentioned on my channel you know you got to be careful nowadays i would say if i had to do it all over again i would definitely do what i what you and i are preaching network yep. reach out to people and see if you can get in as an associate because i definitely got jaded in the sense of how much money i was making at centos to then take a pretty significant i would say pay cut to go over to striker yep and i think a lot of people don't understand that a lot of people think that just because you're in medical sales they think that everybody's making at least six plus figures everybody's got the the dream life and and it, it really isn't that way and i mean I, i'm sure you've got other friends too not just yourself we were talking about different salaries and like what we we were making and stuff and i mean you've had a great successful year but that's not everybody's you know 100 percent. yep intro and so, and, and when you get an associate role, more times than not, they're telling you in the interview process, Hey, this is at max, like 80 K people. But I, again, that, that, that's a lot of money for some people. I want to say like national average, uh, like salary is probably what, like within like 45, 50,000. I, I think it, when I liked, looked at it last, it was like 60, 65 K is like the national average. Um, so yeah, it's, it's like we said, it, it sounds like a lot. Um, even to your point right there, I actually just got off a call. A guy just got two, uh, two offers from two different companies, associate sale rep roles. One was starting at 40 K and one was starting at 62 K. And then again, there might be an opportunity for some commission. So again, like if you're in that job, like again, if you're Making under that, it sounds great. But like once you, like Peter's saying, once you go to these B2B sales jobs and you get established and you do stuff, you can be making where, you know, I've, I always remember one of the recruiters used to say, if you're trying to break into med device sales, you're coming from a sales, a B2B background. A lot of times it's one step or two steps back to take five steps forward because you're probably going to take a pay cut for a little bit before you can break in. And, and like Pierce said, you know, when I've done talk about the, what we make and, and the averages, 
people always forget it's an average, right? Because if the average is 150K, there's somebody who sucks and they're making 70K. And it might not even be that they suck. Maybe they're just having a bad year. The territory is not performing. But for everyone who's making, you know, 150K, there's someone making 60K. For someone who's making 300K, there's someone making 50K. Like that's just the average. So just because you hear these people who are like go-getters or they have a great year, doesn't mean that's everybody who breaks in. And like Pierre's saying, like the associates. I've only heard of one or two certain divisions that maybe you make a hundred K as an associate, but most of the time you're under, you're under $70,000 right away. Yeah. And I mean, I, let, and that's why I was saying the whole jadedness of it. Like if I could start over, I definitely would have been, I mean, that would have been fine for me because a lot of people, like the whole reason I got or like one of the YouTube videos I made was I was making like $30,000, 30 to 35, like right out of college, uh, just doing personal training and really not even working that much. I was working just like a few hours a day and really just spending the rest of my time having fun. Yep. Um, and then when I went and worked my first job at CentOS, my first W2, I came out to I think it was like 90, 92,000. So like I tripled my income and you're looking at that, like, wow, look at this. And, but if it was an associate role and my opportunity was, let's say that, that 62 K option, I'm like, shit, that's a double, it's an increase, you know, yeah. so of course I want to take that opportunity. Um, so I don't want to like, I, I try to do as you do, which is just be completely blunt, honest. Um, if you're making a lot of, like I've had so many people reach out and they're like, oh, but I'm already making like 120 and this associate role is only offering 80. I'm like, if you can't get a full on rep role, then that's that's it. Like you're yeah. not gonna really find an associate role that's going to pay you the 120 you're getting paid right now. Yep. And they don't like to hear that answer. They they And it's the same thought that I had, you know, whenever I got my first job at Stryker, I was like, what do you, what do you mean I'm only going to make at plan like 82,000? And, uh, for, for me, again, it's not all about the money, but when you have like literally patients lives are depending on you, it's, it's a big deal because if you aren't showing up and you're missing cases and your doctor, um, surgeons, they go through so much. So I, I want to throw that out there too. Like, like they, they're not going to be an expert on the product that you bring in. So that's why you exist. You exist because you're going in there and you're helping them in the sense of when something goes wrong and inevitably something always goes wrong, yep. you have an answer for what goes wrong. You have plan A, B, and C. And if you're not there, they're only thinking about plan A and their plan B is going to be not your product, not you, possibly a competitor, and they're never talking to you again. Yep. So um, when you have that much like weighing on you, I just feel like it's unreal how people are getting into this industry and not making over six figures. There's a lot of pressure in, in that role in and of itself. Yeah. And, and that's a great point. Like, again, we, what I always talk to everybody, money's relative, right? Some people, 40 K is a lot. Some people, 150 is not a lot, right? It just always is relative. But like you're saying, that's the thing. Why med device is known for that is it's not like it's always a walk in the park and it's not like it's just a chill day every day, right? Like it's a, it's a high stress job and that's why people are compensated. And also just the stuff we deal with. I always joke around, like even yesterday I had a case, I walk in, um, scheduled scheduler called me doctor, the hospital called me. I walk in and the nurse is just must be in the, having a bad day. And she's like, why are you here? We're not using your product. And I'm like, I'm just doing what I'm was shown up to do right um but again that's just like the little things but again when we're talking actually patients doctor stress like that's somebody's life on the on the table that you're there to be a resource with so that's just something for everybody who's always looking to break in the financial 
opportunities there are ones if you, if you again if you can be like pure you can be a resource you can be a great rep like this can be a financially rewarding and, and again i always talk about this like we always say it's not all about the money but at the end of the day you don't do something for free right we got to pay our bills we got to pay our family and, and there's just certain lifestyles that people want to live um so that's just always something to to keep in mind and so with with that beer like you were you got like you said striker you've also worked with what um with several other different companies can you kind of just tell us the different divisions that you were in and then just kind of where you are now and, and why you made that leap yeah definitely so at striker i was in the foot and ankle division then uh they like hybrided over to trauma as well. So you were doing both. Then little, like right before I was done, they started kind of shifting things to, to where um, you would have like somebody that was focusing more on a certain area of the body while also still throwing trauma into it. So uh, for me, I worked in the ortho division when it came to striker. And then when I went over to Olympus, I was working in the ear, nose and throat division. And that was a cool spot. Um, That's where I got to learn um, how to sell not only capital equipment on top of the the normal surgical pieces that you're going to be in there for the OR. And, and that was some really good experience because before at Stryker, I was just doing case by case. So like they're using your plates, your screws, guide wires, different things like that. And that's what you're billing for. But I wasn't necessarily ever selling anything more than that. Every once in a while you do like a set sale for people that don't know what that is. Think of like a fisherman's tackle box and all the stuff that's inside of it. You're selling all of that stuff so that they have it at the hospital or the surgery center. And I would consider that, you know, some capital sales, but we, we were doing few and far between. We we're mostly just covering cases. So then going over to Olympus and you're trying to sell, you know, top dollar video equipment. Like I want to say the average like piece of equipment was probably over $30,000. And that's just like one scope. And, and you're trying to go to these small centers that need like four or five. And so it, there's a lot of hoops that you have to jump through, which I'm sure that's what you go through right now. Yep. And um, so that was a cool experience to have, to learn how to do that, that process where Striker helped a lot because you're already meeting all of the people that you need to meet to make those capital sales. But for me, that's where a lot more money came in was having the opportunity to have those capital sales. Then from Olympus, I had an opportunity to then go to a company called Cineos, which they're a contract company, but it was for a brand new like biotech division. And that was like my first foot into this new industry that was not necessarily pharma. And I don't, I don't look at pharma or device as like one's better than the other. Yep. Yep. They, they each have, you know, their, their positives and their negatives. And uh, I looked at this as just an awesome opportunity because as I've been in the field and looking for other roles to like, you know, take on biotech was like very, very high on my list. And, um, and why I, is that? Why, why is biotech, why was it higher on the list? Because this is something I love to have everybody, even myself, I love to learn more because I know what you're going to say. And this is for people who are thinking about it to consider. Yeah. So like you look at it again as when, when people want to get into sales and they want to get into medical device, the reason that they're trying to get into this is, you know, it's the cream of the crop. That's yep. everybody's, oh, this is the top place to be. So I want to go do that. 
So when I was looking at potentially making that switch over from far, from device to pharma, I was like, what's the best division of pharma? Yep. And what I learned, the best divisions in pharma were uh, oncology. So if you could get on, into oncology, you're again, golden. But the biggest thing about that is you have to have a background in pharmaceuticals. You have to start somewhere. And I didn't have a background in pharma. So when I found out about these like rare disease biotech opportunities, I started digging deeper into them, started trying to research them and finding more opportunities. But it was really a recruiter that that broke my mind into this entire space. When I was looking to leave Olympus and I was talking with a really good recruiter, which is another like conversation that we can have in the sense of yeah. some recruiters are fantastic and other of them, like it's, <laughs> it's, it's a joke. Work with somebody. Yeah. Um, so when he brought this opportunity to me, not this one, but the first one, I didn't get the job because I didn't have experience, but that's where I learned about biotech. And so biotech can be so many different things, but a lot of times it involves like a small organization that is trying to grow big enough that a company like, uh, you know, Novartis or um, even Johnson and Johnson, all these other companies that will come in and just buy them out. Like yep. a lot of times that's their ultimate goal. They just have a lot of angel investors and capital built into it. And that's what they want. And so um, when I was looking into these divisions, I ended up finding this one role that, that, you know, I got at, at Cineos and the biotech piece that I work with a lot of it, a lot of biotech has to do with molecular technology. So the division I'm in, they figured out how to attach a radioisotope to like in layman's terms, like, Think, think there's like a bomb on a bus, essentially. And uh, that bus has to make stops, right? So a bus driver, it, they, they'll drive all over the city, but they're only going to stop in so many places. And they figured out a way to put this radioisotope on a peptide, which is your bus. And that radioisotope only stops at the cancerous cells. So it's traveling through your entire body and it's the opposite of chemo, essentially. Chemo, you're, you're destroying everything within you to rebuild. Whereas within this biotech position, this isotope is going through your entire body and only attacking cancer. Yeah. So um, it was a really cool concept. I really liked the idea behind it. And I honestly thought it was like the future of medicine. If you could get more companies doing things like this, which now there are, and I'm seeing that there's so many companies that are trying to catch up. Yep. I mean, it's, it's where I wanted to be. And so that's why um, that contract ended up going into fruition. I ended up getting hired at Novartis and that's where I'm at now. And yeah. I have to throw this in there. I am a Novartis employee, but all of my opinions are mine alone and they do not, uh, you know, condone anything that I say in the sense of whatever I talk about. hundred percent, hundred percent, man. <laughs> Always got to cover yourself. But Hey, the thing I did want to check in is this is the thing about biotech with biotech. Are you in surgeries? Not at all. Are so, you? So that's the thing I really want to dig deep. So everyone can listen to what biotech is because from you being an ortho, there's the different lifestyle that comes with this. Yeah, it's so it, it it's a complete mind shift. And for me, I still talk to my manager about it all the time. When from going from a company like an orthopedic company or just any device company, you are constantly on the move. You're trying to make sales or you're going and picking things up from hospitals and different things like that. So so like your mind it it's almost like constructive chaos essentially. And when you make this shift from that constructive chaos to something 
like what I'm in now, you start having to figure out what to do with all that extra, I guess, energy that you have from that monotonous stuff. Like when you go and pick up a set, that's not necessarily helping your sales. It's not doing anything for you besides the fact that you need that set to be at the next surgery, which is a sell, but it's, it's time coming out of your day that is part of your work day. Whereas now I'm not picking anything up. So I, I got that time back. Now I got to figure out what I'm doing with that extra time. But that is like one of the biggest differences is you, you know, you're no longer in the OR, but, but for me, because this molecular like uh, division that I'm in involves a lot of laboratory and, and like, infusions and different things like that like i still get to see like what's going on on that side i still get to Love see it. um the physicians as well as like the infusion nurses and stuff use the product so that is still cool it's it's not like you know i'm pushing some kind of pill not saying that pharma is not awesome and that that's the only thing that you get to do is push pills but like you you don't get to see the fruition of that you just see the orders coming through and great but at least with this one i still kind of have a hand in what's going on at the treating site while all also doing the thing that I didn't touch on, which is completely, this role is all about education. Yeah. So they teach you like forwards and backwards, what your product is. The, the What we like to joke about is something that nobody ever looks at, which is called a packet insert. And the packet insert is basically all the FDA approved, I like things, claims that you can say about a product. And so I need to know that backwards and forwards. And so essentially when I'm having conversations with physicians, because this is for rare diseases, you know, I am providing a value compared to, again, not dogging on the industry, but like when you're in, uh, you know, a regular intro pharma role, you're using, like you're trying to push your blood pressure medication against somebody else's blood pressure yep. medication. And for me, like at least there is no other product like my product. So I'm out here just educating on my product. Yep. Yep. And that's huge. And the reason I just state that is like for myself, right? I'm still running trays. Have it. I had a case that was supposed to go at 12, went at four o'clock the other day. Um, and that happens all the time in med device. So just something to think about you guys is like, you know, even with that, you're not like he's saying, you're not traveling as much to like go into a hospital, a hospital all the time to cover cases several in a day to the fact of, you know, maybe the case gets kicked back an hour. Now, like he said, going to pick up a tray. Like sometimes when I go pick up a tray, that takes several hours of my day when I'm going to all my different facilities to grab it for, turn them over, all that good stuff. So again, it's just a different um, world. And again, never saying one is better than the other. It's just, it's different. And we want you guys to know about the different worlds in medical device, because I was just talking to my partner the other day. It's kind of this stuff when you don't know when you're trying to break in, you don't know about all the different worlds until you get in and then you start learning. You're like, oh, you're, you could do this and you can make just as much, if not more, and you don't have to be running all over and doing all the cases and having walk into a case and have a nurse be like, we're not using you today and get all pissed at you for no reason. Like <laughs> there's all that stuff. Yeah. Those days, those days have ended, but at least the, the nurses still exist. Cause then when you go into the doctor's office and you don't even have a meeting, like, why are you here? Yeah, exactly. Easy, Karen. All right. But uh, no, I love it, Pierre. And I, again, I appreciate that, man. So again, now you're in biotech, you, you've made it through like the ortho. The thing I do want to see is like, you've gotten hired a bunch, right? You've been able to get hired several times. And I know from your channel, people reach out to you. Hey, what can I do to get hired? What are some of the tips you, you give to your uh, people that reach out to you about, Hey, what can you do to set yourself apart or to break into this industry? So the number one, as we keep harping on is obviously networking. Like yep. 
if you don't know anybody within the industry, recruiters are like they're they're within your networking tree. So when you're networking, you're not just looking for reps that are working within roles that that you're interested in. But that, to, to your point, you don't even know what roles to look up. So on top of networking, you're doing research. So if you want to get into medical sales, you need to type in a little bit more than what is medical sales. Like you need to type in like what is surgical sales? What type of surgical sales reps are there? Different things like that so that you can really find out like, okay, there's sports medicine. There's total joint there's you know um minimally invasive capital yeah so there's all these different options and once you it's hard for you to even isolate it down to like what it is that you would want to do yeah but once you kind of have that idea and you've networked and you and you're getting into that interview process the next thing that i always talk about is interviewing is essentially a job on its own as well like you need to put in a lot of effort and the whole reason for it is you could have none of the experience, but if you came in, I think one of the biggest things that has helped me a lot when I were, I was earning my roles was when I got an interview or found like a job opening, I would reach out on LinkedIn to anybody that I could find within the company that worked in that same role or within like competing divisions that work in a similar role. And that was just so that I could understand what it is that that job function is. Because if I'm sitting there learning about that job function, when I go in to have a conversation with a hiring manager, I'm talking specifically about the job functions and what that, that, that role entails. Without that, like you're going in there and you're just showing them your resume and, and what you expect them to essentially walk you through the process. You should go in there with those types of questions that you learned from having conversations with those reps. And then it also helps when you write them, like write their names down and you could even say, yeah, I spoke with Jacob the other day and he was telling me like, this is the hardest thing about the role. And I, you know, I put some thought into it and this is how I would overcome this hard piece. So like, you coming in that prepared with no experience would at least go and already put you ahead of the next person. Like, let's say me, I have all of these roles on my resume and I come in thinking, oh, I got the job. But then Jacob comes in with an endless amount of knowledge of the role itself and how he has a game plan to make that, like, make sure that he's going to, like, be really do really well in that territory. And I'm just coming in because I have my experience. They're going to look at Jacob before they'll look at me. Yes, I have experience, but experience only takes you so far. These interviews, they're still like very, this industry still thinks, and I don't want to say it like that, like this industry still thinks that you need to be the best of the best to, to get into it. And, and you you kind of do need to have that mentality, yep. but I don't want to discourage anybody from thinking like, oh, I'm not that smart. I can't do it. Like you can do the job. It's just how, how much effort are you going to put in? And that's what the interviews are for. The interviews aren't necessarily you know, to see what school you went to and stuff. They want to know what, one, what, what, it, what it's like to talk to somebody like you, what your personality yeah. personality is like, do you mesh with their team? Do you mesh with each other? And then beyond that, then they're looking at your resume. hundred percent. And it's funny. I literally just made a podcast exact saying, can you tell your story? Are you, do you have good emotional intelligence? Can you have a conversation? But you are hundred percent. What you just said is my actual real life. I went up a guy against a guy who was the number one rep, 10 years experience. I got the job in the final interview because I just reached out to way more people, talked to them, had a plan, like you said, came with a whole business plan of what I was going to do for this territory already knowing. And and like you're saying, I always laugh um, because it's always been common sense, just like to you, it's been common sense. If you're going for a role, 
why wouldn't you reach out to people in that role already to learn about the role? Um, I think that's the number one thing. And when people reach out to me, I hear that all the time. They'll be like, hey, I have a job interview with this company in this division. What do you think I should do? And I'd be like, well, have you talked to anybody there? And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, then how are you supposed to, you know, know anything about it or separate yourself? So again, I think that's the number one thing that like, especially with what you're saying, man, it's effort, it's what you're doing. And again, you, A, you're living proof of it. You've already done it. But B, I know you've already helped. Like we talk about getting messages every day where it's like, thank you so much. Changed my life. They broke in. Like, I know what you're saying is true and it's a hundred percent work. So please, you guys, if you listen to that, Rewind it another five minutes, listen to that three, four or five more times and just do what he said, because if you can do that, you'll have a job. Yeah, I would even throw out there lastly, too, there's there's like two things that I would also do in all of my interviews, um, which is I'm sure you did as well, which is following up. Yeah, like the when it comes to sales, follow up is huge. You, you could have the greatest conversation. Somebody says, yeah, I'm going to buy your product. And then there you are, you know, end of the month waiting for that PO to come through. You never followed up and you finally reach back out and they're like, oh, that fell through the cracks. So the same when it comes to an interview, I would come in with a handwritten thank you note. And a lot of times you're having these interviews like at a Marriott, you know, lobby or something like that. I would just, so that means that most likely they're staying at the hotel. Find that out when you're having a conversation with the, with the interviewer, then leave a note for them with the front desk or leave a note at the front desk if they're not staying there and have them drop it off after you walk away. Like these little soft touches that that are very, I guess, old school right now, still hold a lot of weight, even though they don't really care. It's just one of those things that they, they see the details that you're putting into yep. everything. And um, I, like I just talked about this too on my last video, it, it's about going forwards and backwards on that tree too. So if you reach out to Jacob, you need to be like reaching out and, and like, let's say you want his role, you need to be asking him like, so who's your manager? and figuring out who his manager is. And then from there, if, if Jacob was willing to tell you another person who his manager is and like work your way up that chain. Yep. And essentially, if you could talk to, let's say the VP of sales for his division and you sent them a message on LinkedIn and they didn't respond and you followed back up to that message, they might respond on that next follow-up. But even if they don't, you're building your own personal brand. So hopefully that VP looked at your message and it's trickled its way down within the hiring process and when they're looking at hiring the next person and the manager happens to just say like Jacob's name and they're like, oh, wait, is it this guy? And it's like, yeah, this guy reached out to me like three different times. Like, look at this guy. He's like, he's relentless. He's following yeah. up, even though I haven't responded. And, and it's those things like you, I think a lot of people, like, like you said really well, it, this is something that comes second nature to us. Like, uh, I guess being in the sales background. Um, but a lot of people don't think about that. So yeah. when you're competing against somebody, those little things that you just did right there put you so much further ahead than the person that didn't do that. And those are super small things that you can that you can be doing that's already making you look way better. A hundred percent. And like that's the thing when when it comes down to equals, right? If you have the same experience, if you're the same person, but you did the little things and they didn't hundred percent. And the thing I was just smiling, exactly what you said about the VP. I did that exact thing and he never responded to me. But you know what was fun is when you get on the interview and be like, I did send you a message five months ago. You didn't you didn't respond, but here I am now, five yeah. months later, you know, and so again, just showing that you're relentless, been able to find who the important people were. And again, I just tell people trying to get the job when you don't have the job. And if you do the job, you can talk to it. And they're like, I don't think you know how to prospect. And I'd be like, Well, I found out who was important 
to get me in front of you as well. Um, so, and the thing when I, when I think about us, man, when we think about the, the second nature being in sales, but I also think a lot of people I talk to about being personal trainer, you don't make money unless you're training people and, and having, so you have to follow up. You have to separate yourself because everyone and their mo- mother can be a personal trainer now. Um, so it's, it's those little things that can help separate. But again, those are just awesome tips. So again, you guys just go back and listen to what Pierre's saying and, and also check him out on his channel. So I, that's what I want to do. I want to give you a plug Pierre. Like where, where can people go to find you and, and being able to learn more about you and then also the information you're giving out? Yeah. So thank you for that. Um, YouTube channel is just my name, Pierre Piccini, and I am going to be starting a podcast and hoping that this guy, you know, will want to end up doing like a series <laughs> where we're answering questions, uh, really just giving our insights. What's awesome is he's literally what I say people should be, which is a single guy that that has the time to, when you're in an interview, interview process, to say, yo, like, I'm single, I don't have kids, I don't have anything, like, put me to work, and I'm going to be out there, and I'm going to make it happen. Whereas I'm the guy that now has two kids, a six-month-old, a four-year-old girl, and, and like, so my life is very, like, on the other opposite spectrum, and I feel like just the information that we have is just insane that and it's things that you guys should be hearing but i'm going to be starting a podcast uh you can find it under the medical sales uh unfiltered so hopefully what we can do is you know give you guys as much information as what you're looking for maybe live stream some of those yeah that would be awesome. Yeah, we, we've talked about this. We want to team up. Just like you said, he's got more experience than me. I'm, again, I'm a new rep. And just being able to bounce ideas. We see different things. He's had more different experiences. But again, just being in different lifestyles, like that's one of the most common things. I can talk to people who reach out to me about breaking into medical device sales when they're not married and have kids. Easy, all day. And I always joke around with people. That was my favorite person to go up against. Not because it's a bad thing, but it's like some people have to go to Johnny's back soccer practice or actually to stay with them. I'm like, you can send me anywhere in the nation. I'll fly there tomorrow. Like that was a thing, but being able to have his uh, peers point of view where he is the dad, he is a family man. He is married. And you know, maybe how he's done what he's done to get into his point of view. So we're excited to bring you that here in the future. Uh, can you, can you just repeat the uh, title one more time for them to start looking at this podcast? Yeah. So the podcast is going to be medical sales unfiltered. And then YouTube is just my name, Pierre Pacini. And hey, I mean, we're, we're living proof here. Like we're both young guys. Uh, I'm not afraid to say my age. I'm only 33. So and I'm 20. I just turned 27. So like, right there, there's the six year difference. And that that right there too could be, I mean, that's pretty much when I got into medical sales and have slowly like made my way into different divisions. As you start kind of seeing the places that you want to be and what it is that you want to get into, like there's a lot of room for growth in such a small amount of time. So yep. that, that's what's awesome. Um, and I feel like this information isn't out there, especially from young guys like us. It's it's more of like some super old school stuff that didn't even really help me in the interview process or <laughs> understand what any of this was when I was trying to get into it. A hundred percent. And that's the thing with even just people that are younger now, right? Like I, we joke around, sometimes we'll get some, some nice messages and quotation marks of people who, you know, still want to use fax machines and go that world. And we, and we just live in a different world and there's different opportunities now. And the thing, what I want you guys to do is reach out to us, reach out on LinkedIn. Cause like we said, it's going to be unfiltered. We want to have conversations and talk about what people aren't talking about in this industry and be able to just make a conversation and be as educational for you guys. Um, but also, like we said, hopefully get some live streams going so you guys can just interact with us. Because again, our goal, it's always been the same mission 
myself and then talking to Pierre, it's his same mission and we just have collaborated. It's, you know, we just want to help as many people as we can. This is a great field. This helps a lot of people. It saves lives and also it can make your world, you can, you can live a great, fantastic life financially and also just an inner world of just helping people. So we're just here to help as many people as we can get them hired and whatever way we can do that. That's what we're about. Yeah, definitely. Well, Pierre, again, thank you so much for jumping on today. This won't be the last time. Uh, We will definitely be chatting again soon. But I just want to say thank you so much for jumping on the podcast, sharing your knowledge, sharing your insight. And you guys, please feel uh, please reach out to Pierre. Go watch his channel. Go check because he has a bunch of great information. He dives into the weeds. And again, he's just got a lot of great resources for you guys as well. So please go check him out. And we just want to say thank you again for your time. Yeah, dude. Thank you. Hopefully we'll get this uh, going here pretty soon. And again, this is awesome. I'm glad this guy created this little podcast and I'm, you know, hopping along with it, but uh, there's, there's a lot to be said and uh, I feel like there's plenty more that we can offer everybody. Yeah. And that's, and that's what I'm excited about is also, like we said, just different point of views. We can also bring different people on because like I always tell people when I'm on my podcast, just cause I say it doesn't mean it's right. doesn't mean it's the right thing. I love there's different opinions, different experiences, different lives. So that's what we're excited to bring you guys. Definitely. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Pierre, for jumping on. Uh, Again, check him out, you guys. If you guys are watching, please press that like and subscribe button. If you're watching on YouTube, a five-star review helps us grow. If you guys are listening on the podcast, we just went over 200 five-star reviews. So thank you to everyone who sits there and supports us and listens. Hopefully this is as educational as it can be. And then again, if you guys would like to learn how I got four job offers from top 30 medical device sale companies with no previous sales experience, go check in the link in the description below, new to medical device sales, where it's my guide for breaking into medical device sales, we will be having the first year in. So it's just going over my first year in medical device sales, everything I've learned, what I've done, what I've done to turn a territory that was underperforming to overperforming now. And so everything that can just help you guys. And then lastly, if you guys would like join the Facebook group that we have, again, just trying to get people in, it's called new to medical device sales, just to get reps in there, people who are wanting to break in so we can answer any questions and an email list on the uh, link in the description where you guys can get weekly emails as well. So thank you so much for taking time for listening to this and we'll see you on the next one. Peace. Bye everybody.